Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome into the Tiger Woods Podcast, episode 38, right here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. I'm your guy, Cam Rogers, alongside golf analyst, expert, insider, Bridget Whalen. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the program. Certainly appreciate it here as we are at the end of April and turning the page to May. Hopefully, we have some sort of a normal Memorial Day next month, but we shall see. Stay tuned about that. Rate, review the show. Hit us up on social media. I'm on Twitter, at MrRogers99, and on Instagram, at MrRogers98. Bridget on Twitter and Insta, at Bridget K. Whalen. Here's what's on tap, folks. Tiger versus Phil, part two. It is happening. Details, how we feel about it, and so much more coming up later in the show. Plus, Pat Perez weighing in on golf and COVID-19 to ESPN. And why are we talking about this? Because perhaps he is not the only one who feels that the PGA Tour should punt the month of June and maybe even more in terms of the schedule. And then Bridget at the end of the show has some exclusive reporting on international travel and the inability for some of these players to get over to the U.S. and actually play due to some of these bans that are happening. So she will talk about that later in the show. Bridget Whalen, we welcome you to the program. How are you doing in Orlando? Is it 90 right now? It's in the 80s. You always blow my head up with my intro. <laughs> analyst insider come on you know i love drama man i mean <laughs> none of us was bad but sure you gotta roll with it it's the personal brand at this point point. own it <laughs> own it absolutely well hey speaking of hot tiger versus phil the match part two is certainly going to be that it's officially titled the match champions for charity it's going to be Tiger and Peyton Manning teaming up against Tom Brady, the new Tampa Bay Buccaneer, and Phil Mickelson. The event will air on TNT with a date likely for late May. There are some conflicting reports about where this will go down. Perhaps Medalist Golf Club, which is a hub for many tour players, Tiger included. Turner said tournament organizers are currently working with state and local and public health officials on competition and production logistics to ensure the event follows safety and health protocols, as we should expect. So off of the top, Bridget, this news came out, of course, right after our podcast last Wednesday. Initial reactions, we had some idea that this was going to happen because Phil hinted at it on Twitter, but here we are, it's on paper, it's going to happen. What do you think? I mean, man, Phil is now known as the guy who speaks the truth is just like wild literally um, yeah so it's it's super interesting to me because obviously the initial match was met with mixed reviews but like do the ratings even matter I don't know if they do I think that this exhibition per se is going to draw big numbers which is nuts because after that first match people are like eh, they're really gonna have to change things up uh in order for this to like go on again but now we're in the middle of a pandemic. There's been no sports. 
we want the freaking breadcrumbs and these are the sports breadcrumbs. Like we will eat anything up now. So I think people are excited. I mean, people are betting on like mini tours right now. So oh this is, yeah, this is going to be, I read something about the outlaw tour the other day. It was like wild. So this is, I think it's going to be very interesting. And I mean, the initial match, you know, Tiger nor Phil played their best. It wasn't like the most exciting golf. It was pretty anticlimactic. I mean, Tiger did chip in on 17. That was like kind of dramatic, if you want to say it was. But now I think that everyone is just salivating for some sort of live something that I think this is going to do really well. I like that they're adding in the pros. I definitely think it will be in Florida, the, you know, but not golf pros, the football pros. Um, I definitely think it'll be in Florida. You have Brady now who lives here and Tiger. So Phil and uh, Peyton will be the ones traveling. But I think like that's, you know, someone's going to have to travel, right? To get mm. to get wherever they're going to hold this. Um, I, I don't know. I'm like, I loved the first match because I loved Tiger. Like I would watch him eat a sandwich and that would be fun for me. But now I'm excited that this is going to be coming back. And I think a lot more eyes are going to be on it. Had it been like any other scenario, I don't know. I really don't. So I think it, it's good all around. There are going to be a lot of eyes on this. Maybe not even necessarily because people love Phil or people love Tiger or Peyton or Tom. It's because we are down to, like you said, the breadcrumbs, the muselings of sports content that we just will eat anything. And I think... The NFL draft is kind of a good example because obviously it's already a popular event, but the numbers were through the roof last week. And obviously a big reason why is because people are all at home and they have nothing else to do but, you know, practice yoga, eat, sleep, drink, and watch TV. So it's like, uh, by the way, workout slash yoga. It doesn't have to be yoga, folks, but I'm a big yogi. Work from home. People Work so from home. So, yeah, I mean, I think just the sheer fact of that, everybody being at home will drive up the ratings. But you did bring up some good points about the 2018 version. And Bridget, this is the same broadcast network that will be working with these guys here as 2018. So my question to you is, do you think Turner Sports is going to learn from, you know, I guess the gaffes for lack of a better word that happened in 2018 you know you had the the pay-per-view issue people were struggling to stream people were getting it for free and of course you have the anticlimactic part of it too neither player really played all that well so do you think turner is going to use that 2018 version as a point to improve off of yeah i mean i think it's totally different this go around i think you have a ton of um, new opportunities to, to pull in like, you know, new things. Like, I don't know how many people are going to be on site. So I feel like you could Skype in or like whatever you want to do to get people in. Like maybe you do like Rory mm. and like now he's involved and he's like doing a couple holes, like play by play. And like, maybe you have him in Phil and Tiger's ears and then, you know, they could like trash talk hearing what Rory said. Like there's so many opportunities. I read somewhere that maybe you have like Shaq, like, you know, phone in or something. And like Charles Barkley. 
Yeah. Well, well, yeah, of course. I mean, (laughs) so like, I love all those ideas. I think having the four of them out there now, you know, I don't know how much trash talking was going on between Tiger and Phil because they're like, I don't know. They just came off as like middle-aged dads almost. It was, it was so weird. In 2018, it was the first time I've looked at Tiger as like a soccer dad. Right. But like he was telling dad jokes. He was talking about his kids a lot, which is like great. I love it. Um, but now that you bring two other guys into the mix and that it's like a team vibe, I think that a lot more sort of like trash talking will go down. I don't really know, you know, like how Turner will will improve. I think that taking away the pay-per-view element is obviously a, gr- a great idea because it wound up being free for everyone anyway, you know, a couple years ago. So I think that like as a precedent was a good call. Um yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think they have a lot of opportunities to improve on stuff. I loved Ernie Johnson last time. So, like, I hope he's back. I think now Penny Zool would probably be in the mix because she's, you know, heavily involved with Tiger's life. So maybe you have, like, her and Shane Bacon, like, out there a twosome together, like, reporting. I don't know. I think they have a lot more opportunities now. It's just the other thing is how many people are actually going to be there on site which I think um, that's something like, I mean, already they're cutting the field. It's not a PJ tour event because, you know, there's no large fields. So you're already cutting all of those people out. Um, but I think it's going to be a, a really like massive skeleton crew per se. Like yeah. I, I think that's going to be the biggest uh, overarching factor. Obviously no fans were at the first one. So like, this isn't that much different, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, thank God that they are doing a charity for COVID-19 relief, because if they didn't, I think it'd be a PR nightmare. Like, what are these guys doing making millions of dollars and not giving it to COVID-19? So thank God that is part of the equation as well. As for the trash talking, here's how I feel about it. Like, I don't want the dad talk I would like some intensity, but I also don't want it to be forced. And the sheer fact that all of these guys are playing together for fun is just a testament to them being friends, right? We've talked about this before. If Tiger and Phil actually hated each other, this would not be happening. And that's where the actual trash talk would be happening. But obviously, they would never do that. So it's one of those things where it's like, okay, we want the trash talk. We want the intensity. But this isn't. Augusta, this isn't the Ryder Cup. This is for fun. This is for charity. And we're only going to get so much from them in terms of intensity. Now, maybe things will be ratcheted up a bit with Peyton and Tom in the mix here. But I do think people should kind of lower their expectations in terms of that. Also, you have to look at the logistics What are we going to see here, Bridget? What do you think? Alternate shot, four ball? I'm wondering about formatting here as we gear up for this event. So that's sort of what I mean about, like, trash talking. Like, I mean more razzing. Yeah. And I think that, like, any format that actually has, like, Manning helping out Woods is going to lead to some sort of razzing from Phil, you know? So I don't know. I was thinking about it like there's so there's a myriad of options right you really could go like so many ways I think alternate shot would be funny because I don't know I could just see like that going so wrong oh totally yeah kind of being comical I think um 
four ball would be like super straightforward or, you know, better ball, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I think that that would, I don't know. I feel like that would get boring because then like, it wouldn't be, you know, like, I don't know. It wouldn't be someone on the line all the time. It would be kind of predictable. Yeah. Scramble would be, I think a, a mess, but I think it would be also predictable. So, I mean, I don't know. I really, I don't know. Like, do they do like skins and like take it back to like the shells, wonderful world of golf? <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, I am also curious about like side bets. Like now can anyone just like throw out anything? Like, I think it's, it might get a little sloppy if they don't have like a total format down. Um, but I think my favorite would be alternate shot. That would be what I would probably want to see. Cause I think it would, it would be really funny. Yeah, I think that would be the best content possible because you yeah. get the riffing between the teammates, like, what the hell is that? Or something like yeah, that, if it was a bad sure. shot. Yeah. And I could see Phil, like, going bonkers on, uh, you know, what if, say, Manny hits, like, the approach or something. <laughs> so I'm just happy that this is happening, and I'm sure everybody tuning in is happy as well. But you alluded to it a little bit, Bridget, from a staff standpoint, I mean – how little people do you think we're going to see at this given event? Because, of course, you have the media, the broadcast team, I should say. I don't think any external media will be there, but maybe they will. Then you have tour officials, rule officials, Tiger, Phil, Tom, Peyton, maybe their inner circles, and that's all I can imagine, right? Yeah, I really don't know. I actually don't even know like the size of a crew at a regular tour event, to be honest. Um, and I know we alluded to that in a former podcast talking about like how many, you know, the plausibility factor of how many tests they would actually need. Sure. I really don't know. Um, but I think it will be so small, like remarkably small. And I think that's the only way that you could really go about doing things. Like obviously you're you're going to do everything right. So you're not gonna have like not enough people to get the job done but however many people like the bare minimum that it takes I think is is what you're gonna see out there um and I I don't see like a lot of celebrities like last time you know how they were out there um on the course like had their setup I don't see that happening so that's why I like threw in the idea like maybe you have people phone in or Skype I think that's in. a great idea yeah and then you could have like so many people right and like it could be a right. surprise like oh, here's Justin Thomas, like, you know, and then I hope that, like, the players don't know who's coming in, so they're surprised, too, like, obviously, they would all have to have, like, earbuds or something, but, like, maybe that would then throw them off, so I, I really don't know. I think um, it would be great. Even celebrities, like Aaron Rodgers, Justin Timberlake, these guys love golf. Tony right, Romo. Right. And, like, to just have all those familiar voices and faces, like, come back into play, like, all at once, I think it would be super, a super cool opportunity to do that. Officially titled The Match Champions for Charity. Bridget and I, of course, will have more about this throughout the month. It is rumored to be scheduled for late May, so stay tuned about that. Stay tuned for more Tiger Woods podcast content, but first, a word from our sponsor. Being Home with Hunker is a podcast where we visit with designers, artists, and creatives in the spaces that express and shape their identities, their homes. If you love design and decor, if you're curious about how people live, or if you've been transitioning or transforming your own home, you'll love these honest conversations. 
Join us weekly at Being Home with Hunker. Visit hunker.com forward slash podcast where you can find, subscribe, and listen to the show. Okay, welcome back to the show. Cam Rogers, Bridget Whalen. Bridget, let's talk about what Pat Perez said recently to ESPN about COVID-19 and the state of golf. So he told Bob Herrig, he hasn't even thought about playing, saying, quote, I just have no desire to play. I've got another six weeks off. I won't get back into it for another couple of weeks. Went on to say, I know they want to get a schedule together, and I appreciate that, but I think it's a bit premature. I'd be shocked if we were back June 8th for the Charles Schwab. What about airlines, hotels, all kinds of things? There's a lot of questions. So this is part of the show here today because, Bridget, we talked about this last week, the fact that there are so many factors in play to get a PGA Tour event back going, sans fans even, and now you have a PGA Tour player actually echoing what we talked about. I think it's important to note because Pat Perez may not be the only person who feels this way, you know, where, you know, you're just a little wary about returning in early June. Yeah, so like the big dogs, they have this opportunity to be like, eh, I don't want to play. But there are so many players out there who want to play for the money, who want to keep their tour card, who who have different sort of like those are the things at the forefront of their mind. And I totally get where he's coming from. I wouldn't want to put my family on a plane and travel somewhere and stay in a what you stay in a hotel, you stay in a house. Like where do you stay? Like the hotels, I live in Orlando. I live on Universal Boulevard. I am so close to the parks and all of our hotels are closed. Like, so yeah, I get where he's coming from. It's scary. I just don't think that the tour would go forward with anything unless there was an overwhelming comfortability with them doing so. And I get what he's saying about, uh, he, you said, he said it's pre, he thinks it's premature. I understand that. I totally get that. I agree. I mean, weeks ago, I was saying we weren't going to see golf in this calendar year. So I totally agree with him. I just think that he knows that the tour isn't going to move forward with anything unless it's totally okay to do so. Um, And if he doesn't want to play those first few events back, he doesn't have to, right? Like they, the tour came out and said that players are their own contractors and, and they're not going to be forced either way. So I don't know how many players hold this same opinion. Obviously, I would assume that others do. I don't think he's the Lone Ranger out there. But those bigger guys who maybe don't need to play, don't need the money, don't whatever, it's, you know, they have the option. Then, okay, I just don't think they're going to play. Like, I know that Joe LaCava came out and said that Tiger's itching to get back to golf. And he thinks he's going to play well at winged foot. And like, he gave an update on any, on everything. But do I think Tiger's going to come back in June? No, like, like whether he's itching and rearing to go or not. No, I think he's probably going to sit out the first week or so. Or I mean, I, I don't think he's going to come back for a while, but that's my opinion. So like they have the option now. Um, and yeah, I definitely think that him coming out and saying that is, is something that the tour has to identify with and has to acknowledge that, hey, a lot of your players are still like super uncomfortable with the whole traveling and, 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 and rightfully so. Like, of course, I, I am totally, I am not saying like one way or the other, he's wrong or he's right. I agree. I understand. I could empathize with him. 
I don't want to get on a plane. I don't want to stay in a hotel. No. So I get it. And I think that him coming out and saying it, it is only opening the door for others. So in a way, it, it's probably really good for the tour to know. This was interesting as well. Perez also said he thinks the tour should give players time to get ready because, quote, not everyone has access to a course or gym. And that made me pause a little bit. First of all, everybody has, in theory, access to a gym by just working out at home. You can actually get in pretty good workouts. But he does have a good point about practicing and playing golf. And I wonder, Bridget, how many players on tour actually do have access to a golf course right now, whether it's their own or maybe it's their own practice facility. I just don't know. I mean, because you have different states with different regulations and tour players all over the country. I think all of them do now. There's okay. only about like five states. I think that still have restrictions in play. Um, and I, and I think, I mean, I don't know what Pat setup is, but I think nearly all of them have, something in their house or I mean I have something in my house and you I have, have that net right the netting that you can do yeah I'm not even a regular player and I have that. yeah <laughs> so I don't know maybe uh, I, I don't know that was a that was a little bit weird. of a reach yeah, yeah it was a little weird I mean I think that yeah it, he's totally right in saying like hey we need time to come back but I think that was the whole point in the tour coming out super early and sort of giving this perspective timeline mm. so that their players knew what was going down. I think that they've been super open with not only their players, but with the public. So I think he's a little off base there. I, I think that everyone's going to have enough time. First of all, he said he's not even thinking about picking up a club because he has another six weeks off. I don't know if that's the, the majority viewpoint. I think if players have, you know, if they think they're going to play come June, I think maybe in a week or two, like if they haven't been practicing, they're probably going to start. For the most part, I saw guys taking time off, Justin Thomas, for instance, but he was back out hitting balls recently. So like he also took time off, but now he's back. So I don't know. I think that that's definitely a bit of a reach. I think that they all have access to something at this point. You know, it's May 1st is right around the corner. So I am officially coming on board, Bridget, with you in that we are not going to see fans on the golf course this year in terms of PGA Tour events. I mean, just listening to the soundbite of Dr. Burke saying we're going to have to do social distancing throughout the summer. Logistically speaking, there's just no way you can have fans at a PGA Tour event. So I think that, in my eyes, is out the window. So I'm on board with you about that. And then another point is, as we mentioned before, Jay Monahan is on the economic task force with the president. So at least Jay has that inside information about, okay, you know, we can talk about travel, we can talk about hotels, we can talk about the CDC guidelines, all of this stuff with the man in charge, the commander in chief. I think that's actually a really nice luxury to have if you're Jay Monahan, because you can make even a more educated decision, right? Yeah, and I mean, he's said they're not going to come back until widespread coronavirus testing is in place for caddies, for players, for, you know, other people associated with the events. So, like, he all along has been saying, like, hey, we have this plan, but we need X, Y, and Z to happen. And, 
of course they're not going to take tests at the expense of you know people like healthcare workers who actually are in need of those tests so right. they're you know or people who are ill or have symptoms per se so i think that in order for us at all to be like in pat prez's shoes like standpoint of being like this is crazy like well let's even wait until they have you know, a saliva or like a finger prick test or, or something quicker that, that they could use like, you know, mass at a tournament. I think until that comes out, which, which it hasn't, you know, I mean, the numbers of people being tested at that level are not high. So until that it is a lot more readily available then like, I don't know. I, I'm not really, I know that we're now like six weeks away or five weeks away, whatever. I still, I don't know. I'm not super on board with this whole early June start at all. It's going to be a big time uphill climb and it's a hurdle. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we'll see what happens in regards to that, but unlikely that we see the Charles Schwab in early June. So Pat Perez could be onto something there. We're going to talk about international travel and Bridget has some exclusive reporting on that. But first a word from betonline.ag. All right, guys, I know that sports right now are on hold, but they aren't totally done. There's still eSports, American Idol, Big Brother, The Elections, The Spelling Bee, Poker. They're still fun to be had at betonline.ag. Use my promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag. Use my promo code MYPOD100. Bet online, your online wagering experts. All right, welcome back to the program. So, Bridget, we've talked about domestic travel, but here's the other ingredient. A lot of full-time PGA Tour players are abroad. And let's say we do have PGA Tour golf in June. What does that mean for them coming on over to the U.S.? Because right now they can't. And you have been talking to some of these types of players about they're worried that they won't be able to get over here. Yeah, I mean, the main concern is basically until the travel ban is lifted, it's not fair for tour events to go on with without European-based or, you know, anywhere outside of the U.S.-based players um, due to travel restrictions. You know, it's not their choice. They're not deciding not to fly to the States. They're not allowed. It, it's not physically possible. So... I also think that they're, you know, worried about like accommodations over here because they don't live over here. So it's like, they don't know what's going on over here. And I think that there's a ton of them who live outside of the US who actually would want to get back into it. Like, I think that those, some of those guys are guys who, who would want to play. So I think it's kind of unfortunate for the tour that they'd be missing out on those guys. I know that they've said that they would go on without them and that, I mean, I didn't really read into it how that would affect their status or, or whatnot. But um, I think that the main concern of, of the flying factor, also those flights are so long, right? Like, I don't know if it's, I just, I can't see myself like getting on a six hour flight right now. Like I would have so much anxiety about that. Just thinking you know, about COVID my, the entire time too. Right. And now like if it was my job and like, so also I'm not a doctor, I, like maybe I sound idiotic, like, 
you get COVID within like whatever, the first 10 minutes of breathing it. It doesn't matter if you're breathing it for six hours or 10 minutes. What Like, I don't know, obviously. Um, but like, just say, just saying like, I don't know, like that whole concept would be super intimidating to me. And like, I feel, I feel for those guys who like, you know, who live abroad and who would have to travel a long distance to get here. Um, so I think that, that's something that's probably not heavily taken into consideration, but I think for those guys, it, it's definitely, it kind of stinks. And then come the majors, you know, I mean, hopefully by then things have changed, but there's so many guys who, who don't live in the U S who would probably want to play the U S open, you know? So I don't know. It's kind of a, not a good situation. I just hope that Jay Monahan, and it seems like he will, will open up the PGA Tour once all of these bans, suspensions, postponements are done and everybody can come back on board. Because if you have this half sort of resumption to the PGA Tour schedule where you're going to have no big name players playing and the international players not playing, what's even the point? Like you might as well come back at 100%, right? I mean, I know we're craving sports content, but let's make sure we're all set and ready to go before we do that. And we have little things like Tiger versus Phil to kind of allow us to chew on while we wait, you know? Yeah, I agree. I mean, the PJ tour is the players tour. So in essence, if any guy comes back, we should be happy and like, Hey, I, I totally am. And I know that that's their livelihood. So I definitely want the opportunity for those guys. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not like, pining over like oh what was me pj tour players aren't getting to play right now but that is their livelihood mm -hmm. so they are itching to come back they're not working from home they don't have that opportunity so i mean if they could get if if they could get a substantial field if they could get widespread testing if they could okay travel and their players feel safe do you see all these elements if they could figure out accommodations for living at you know the the event site where, you know, in the area, if they could figure out all of these things, then like, let's go, I'm ready. But mm, I don't know. <laughs> like all of them are sort of up in the air right now. Like every single one of those elements is not conclusive as of today. And, so as of now, non-essential travel from Canada or Mexico to the U.S. has been suspended for nationals of the UK, Iran, China, Germany, Spain, Sweden, to name a few, cannot travel to the, to the US either. So yeah, I mean, we are going to just have to wait, I guess, to see what happens. And I think that's the thinking around many sports circles right now is, okay, let's wait. Let's see how this curve flattens. Let's make sure we continue to do our social distancing and the proper precautions so that we can have some sort of resumption. I saw a report about the MLB trying to restart in June with new divisions and playing only teams within that division. So it's more regionalized and all of this. So the MLB is trying right now. June starting though, oof, that could be a little rough too. So it's like, okay, you know, you got to try and you got to put something out there. But at the same time, you want to make sure that everything logistically is all good to go. And so for the PGA Tour, that's a big time ask as we stare at an early June start 
for the season at the Charles Schwab. So something to bear in mind there, folks, as we continue to follow all of these storylines surrounding COVID-19. Bridget, a new little segment here on the show, Wednesday Wackiness. Now, you're more in tune with the Instagram stories of all of these players and their wives, girlfriends, and their lives. And you recently ran into something that I had no idea about. Dustin Johnson, Paulina, a pet pig. Tell me more. So I am obsessed with following the wives <laughs> of golf because they release stuff and you're like, oh, I don't know if they should have put that on there, but they did. And now I saw it. I mean, I think Jenna Sims giving Brooks a haircut this past week went like viral. And that was all on her Instagram story. So I saw this morning on Paulina's Instagram story that they indeed have a baby pig. I don't know if this is news or I'm just not in their insider group. They have a pig. And I feel like that's so like on brand for Dustin to have a pig, for his family to have a pig. It's great. And he's a little thing. Like he scurries around. If you have the time, folks, check it out because I just did before the show and that thing can move. He's got agility, agility for sure. Yeah, I mean, maybe pigs do. Who knows? I have, I have no idea what a pig, what encompasses pigness, but I love it. I love that they have a pig. It's like my favorite thing of the day. I think he's a piglet too, because he's like really small. Yeah, that's a better. I wonder what its name is. Oh boy. Time for you to investigate. DM Paulina, see what's good. Yeah, I got to find out. We got to get a name on this thing. It's a he. <laughs> I know that it's a he. Okay. It's a boy. Wow. Once he gets bigger though, that's where the logistics become an issue. Yeah, I feel like they probably don't know how big he will get. Pigs are like a conundrum. They could be 300 pounds, or maybe they, they are really a miniature pig. Who knows? Wednesday wackiness starts with a pet pig, folks. Wait, no better way. Dustin Johnson was a 300-pound pig. Can you imagine? No, that'd be great. Oh, boy. All right, folks, we're going to wrap up this edition of the Tiger Woods Podcast, episode 38, right here on the Believe Podcast Network. Also wrapping up the month of April. Hope you guys are doing okay out there as we all power through this COVID-19 pandemic. Bridget and I are here for you with Tiger Woods content. So we'll see you a week from today. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.